Let's teach people something super quick. Every year, uh, more people die from getting hit on the head with coconuts than they do from shark attacks. <laughs> <laughs> like dead dead? It's not that many because like only like one or two people, I think, die from shark attacks every year. The low teens for the coconuts. Coconuts are hard. Teach, teach me something, something good. good. Now on your local favorite podcast thing. <laughs> yeah, all podcast things. I had a fascinating time talking to Hisham. Hisham is an improviser, and thanks to my wife, who is also an improviser, I know the rules of improv and I've accepted them as part of daily life. They're so applicable, and it was great to talk to somebody who shared that philosophy. Live from Belgium, this is Stranger Than Christian. Hello. Hello. You pronounce your name for me if you don't mind. I don't want to say it incorrectly. Uh, Isham. Isham. Isham, yeah. Or if you want to say the Arabic way, it's Hisham. But it's kind of whatever. Isham. It has an H. I'm, I'm pretty lenient on how people people will pronounce the, the, the H. <laughs> I'm going to say Isham. Is that is that correct enough? Yeah. Yeah, it's, Wonderful. it's very good. Actually, my, very good. <laughs> my name is Christian. Nice to meet you. Yeah. Uh, nice to meet you, too. Th- thank you for doing this with me. It's it's about, what, 10.30, 11 o'clock over there right now? Uh, it's uh, 10 minutes to midnight, actually. I hope we didn't wake anybody up, any of your roommates or anything. Uh, no, no. I, I kind of moved my stuff to the living room, so it should be... Okay. Okay. Excellent. Thank you so much. Uh, I want to get to know you. What do you do for a living? Um, as of now, uh, uh, for a living, like uh, the activity I'm doing is uh, like I'm a, an artist. Uh, I'm 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 an, an actor improviser, meaning that I'm uh, the what I'm do on stage is mainly improv, and I have a music project and I do music. So I'm now actor and musician and the actor side is especially directed towards improv and that's comedic improv uh, not especially like uh, improv as a formal theater so it can it can be it's like it's mainly uh comedic but not forcefully it's not like uh, comedic to to be comedic but uh well, it depends on the project I'm, i have like four different pro- projects with different goals, so I'm, I have a, I'm uh, in a in a project that that's very inspired by whose line is it anyway? If you know the show, I do absolutely. Maybe. That's a, it's yeah, one of my favorite yeah. shows. So, yes. uh, yeah. Well, uh, as an improviser, it really struck me. It's really a great influence on me. Uh, I have another project uh, which is a. Uh, children, children theater. So it's uh, improv for children. So it can be comedic, but it's not forcefully comedic. And I have uh, like t- two other projects. Which one is uh, 
kind of inspired by uh, by uh, wrestling because uh, we have uh, like uh, two teams of uh, two improvisers with uh, uh, very distinct personalities uh, on stage but to, and we but it's a mock uh, wrestling match kind of but uh, the 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 fight uh, the fighting is replaced by improv scenes sure i love it and, and, the, and the reason is, uh... oh yeah i'm sorry yeah yeah, yeah please no 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 don't go ahead no no after you i want to i want to hear what your last project is uh, yeah uh and uh and the last project is a podcast actually that i started in march and then an improv podcast so excellent so you're just a creative type all around i guess yeah <laughs> <laughs> well the reason why i ask about improv is that my wife is an improviser my wife will and oh. she's a, and she's a, a strictly a comedic improviser she went to mm. uh upright citizens brigade in new york city for a couple of years and she studied improv okay. there um and yeah. she she loves it one of the things that i've noticed because i've been with her for eight years and we've been married for three of those years is that the rules oh. of improv are very applicable to life in general would you agree with that mm. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I, I really like, I, I thought a lot about it. It's, I've been doing improv for like 13 years, something. So, and it's really like I've been trying to be an artist because of improv, like mainly. So it's really, I think there's something uh, yeah, very social in improv. Like it's about meeting people at mid, at a midway point and creating eating stuff with them and being like being uh yeah listening proposing ideas so it's it's really like really basically a social social interaction basically very basically that oh absolutely it's almost like yeah. a sport you know you're on a team and you know and all the yeah, parts that, have to work together to accomplish the goal yeah yeah but there are actually in belgium it's pretty funny but not in a good way but um so uh in belgium there are uh, like uh what we call subsidio, like yeah, fundings by the state for for culture, and the uh, culture managed to bypass improv by saying it's a sport. Uh, really? Uh, because uh, like yeah, yeah, because actually that like the main form of improv you have in the French-speaking world is the match, which is kind of uh, yeah, it's 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 come come back from uh, Quebec. Where they do it with uh, like uh, all the decorum for uh, from a hockey match, a nice ice hockey match. So uh, the the all the players have uh, have uh, the uh, hockey jerseys. The the there's a referee which has uh, like the stripe, uh, the black and white striped uh, jersey, and it's two teams, and it's very uh, a bit uh, cold quote to quote uh confrontational which is supposed to not be the the main goal but it like it has its this sports feel which so it's it was kind of a, a way uh, to uh yeah to uh not to have to give money to, to improvisers <laughs> that's incredible but it's but so unfair it's so, uh, because you have yeah, different that's forms pretty... of so you have different mm. art forms. You have freestyle poetry and slam poetry, and those are essentially improv. You're making things up on the spot. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it's it's really it's it it it, it is a form of fear that that has a like it shares rules with a, with basic with like traditional or or a text based fear. But it really has its own rule too. But it's basically a form of art. Absolutely, so, of course it is. It's kind of yeah, it's kind of baffling. But uh, it's, Isham, I'm so it's angry Belgian right now. Belgian politics is very 
yeah. I'm so angry. <laughs> yeah, we ha- we we're used to it. We're used to it. Yeah, I, I, kind of uh, what we're used to it in the improv world in, in Belgium. It's kind of it's very uh, it's we're we all know everybody who does improv knows that improv doesn't pay. It doesn't doesn't get back money. So it's, we know that it's a pretty young uh, discipline in in the French speaking world. It's been here for like. 20, 30 years, so it's pretty young. It's very yet, uh, yet it's really has a yet uh, an amateur based uh, milieu. So uh, people are starting to uh, like profession get become professional improvisers in Belgium at least. So it's it's really recent to have like people uh, who have um, who describe themselves as professional actors who do improv as a profession uh, the profession and, and do it like it's not like a side job it's like their main thing it's, it's really only starting now it's really a, about this generation or maybe uh, the generation before us so it's a uh, it's a but we know we don't give, get money like i have all um, i have four improv projects and i like i think i barely get a uh, thousand euro per years per year uh, to, of uh, of money from from all that. So, <laughs> well, I think so, uh, that the American improv scene has that in common with the Belgian improv scene in that it mm-hmm. is very difficult to make it a profession. It's difficult to pay your rent or yeah. pay your bills with that. And but in America, I think, uh, uh, as an artist in general, uh, oh, yeah, as an absolutely. artist in general, but at absolutely. least there are like some major players that popularize it like as a professional film like uh, for example uh, who's is it anyway but there are professional troops that are very high profile and i think people earn the living with this so but in, in belgium not unless you do you give workshops like on a regular very regular basis like you do, you become a, a professor or, or yeah i know that in america the the career path for an improviser is typically it begins with volunteer or, you know, uh, free work, going out to open mm-hmm. mics and, and mm-hmm. amateur nights and performing, finding somebody who you have a similar sense of humor with and, and mm-hmm. you know, creating an act, creating a team. And then it seems like the goal is either to become a teacher or become mm-hmm. famous. And when you want to become famous, Saturday Night Live, I don't know if that's a name that's familiar in Belgium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so Saturday Night Live is the ultimate goal. I feel mm-hmm. like of, of, of most improvisers in America. Um, there's a great movie called Don't Think Twice, and it's about an improv team, and one of them becomes famous and gets on <laughs> their equivalent of Saturday Night Live. They don't call it Saturday Night Live in the movie, yeah. but they, but gets on that weekly, you know, big famous improv show, and mm-hmm. it's just about all the the emotions and the and the feelings of jealousy and 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 inadequacy that come mm-hmm. with. Um, having one of your friends become famous for the thing that you're doing—it's a really great movie. Okay, I, I think I think I think I heard about it, but I never saw it. Now I'm, I have to check it out. It's it is good. Of, yeah, don't think twice mandatory. is the name of it. It really opened. You know, <laughs> don't think don't think twice about watching. Don't think twice. Right. Exactly. Right. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's not a commentary on the movie. Don't don't think twice about seeing it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> when my wife and I saw it, you know, one of the things that we had in common was that we always wanted to be performers. We always wanted to, you know, I don't know that we wanted mm-hmm. to be famous, but we always wanted to be on stage and be yeah. funny and be entertaining. And mm-hmm. watching that movie opened our eyes up to a lot of the reality of that industry and mm-hmm. the idea that doing it it being improv doing improv and performing and being funny in front of small groups of people local audiences is seems to be so much more fulfilling and rewarding than becoming famous and and doing the big show because when you're on the big show you're catering to the tastes of the general population and the general population mm-hmm. is is not as open and accepting to concepts in comedy you know that's why you know shows like the big bang theory that don't have a lot of jokes but they're just sort of generally somewhat funny you know they're so popular uh, yeah except misogynistic ones like (laughs) yeah well yeah exactly exactly yeah there's yeah the the general taste i feel like in comedy the uh, the taste of the general population is really not to be trusted (laughs) yeah but i think like uh Maybe it's a curse. Uh, maybe it's not. But I think basically, uh, improv has kind of a uh, is a niche thing, or maybe it's niche because it's young. But there's something of it that's niche. I, like one of my projects, we've been doing it for six years, and we're playing in a bar, and we. But like for the last three years, the bar is crammed full every time you play. But but uh, I I know that other than that, I'm not like famous. At all, I might like very occasionally, like if I hang out in the the neighborhood around the bar, like there's a guy who say, oh, "You're the guy, the guy from uh, that that thing, like that improv thing." Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I am actually. <laughs> Does that feel uh, but, good when that happens? When you get recognized like that? Uh, it depends. I, at my at my scale, yes, it does. Uh, but I remember uh, precisely a night where um, one of my uh, previous flat mates was uh, was uh, working in theater and her boyfriend was uh, an actor and I went to see his play uh, and after after the play I hung, hung out with him and uh, the, 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 his co-cast and we went to a restaurant and like in the restaurant we were talking about like they were all professional like they were earning money with it so they were living from it unlike me I'm really not living from it I'm living from an employment an employment wage so <laughs> but uh so we were at this table and at some point a guy comes in the restaurant and stops and st- uh, come comes to comes to me and say do you are you the guy from the improv thing like called catch tamer it's the name of the thing and i was like yeah and i was kind of embarrassed to be the one who gets recognized where i'm i'm not the one who earns any money from it and it was kind of absurd and when he when the guy went away the other guys turned to me and say uh that's the that's the way it is and kind of like uh, there was a, i don't know why but a, some some taste of irony somewhere i didn't really know where to put my finger but it was definitely kind of ironic <laughs> i think that in every improv team there's one sort of breakout face there's always the one person that is very approachable and is usually the one to be recognized as part of the team um that sounds like it's you but is that an idea that you're comfortable with do you enjoy um, being i don't 
I don't actually think so because uh, in that specific specific project uh, where we we are three uh, at the base of a project and every month we invite other improvisers from uh, for, that we know of uh, and that we have fun with on stage. Um, but I think it's just that I, I kind of hang around more. <laughs> I hang out more than the other two maybe. I have a, a little tamer lifestyle than me maybe. <laughs> but because uh, I, I know from, from other the project that other people were getting occasionally recognized in some circles because at some point we were playing uh, at the university uh, improv group and I know that other people I knew were getting rec oh, very occasionally very uh, very not not very frequent uh, but it, they were getting recognized uh, sometimes and especially since Brussels has it's this weird thing where it's kind of a, you have the feeling it's a small city so you you often like meet people and you say oh you know that guy do you know that guy yeah brussels is a such a small place what the fuck so it's kind of very it's this feeling that in brussels you might know somebody or very be socially close to somebody uh there's a good chance of chance of that so so I don't know which bias can plays into that. So I, I don't think I'm the like the one that gets always recognized. How do you prepare for an improv show? How do you clear your mind so that you're ready to go out there and create good entertainment? Uh, it really depends on the show. Ideally, I would uh, like get very, very, uh, very soft. Um, physical warm-up like uh, stretching and stuff like that because uh, actually you can you, you can be very physically involved in improv uh, sure. at least uh, the way me and the people around me are, are doing it we're not very shy of like uh, jumping across the stage uh, doing st stupid stuff and or, or like uh, so uh stretching and mainly depending on the the feel we have and Depending is uh, mainly on uh, the people I play with. It's like uh, trying to join our entities and kind of get started some kind of uh, uh, cooperation already before uh, before playing on stage. Like having uh, some uh, like yeah the usual uh, improv uh, warm ups uh, like mental warm ups to kind of get a feel of the other people and start to yeah to rub against each other a bit. Sure, the interpersonal like chemistry depends, is probably uh, very important. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, like especially like uh, about the the project I was talking about earlier is like we only we're uh, we are only four actors on stage, so for uh, like an hour and a half show. So it's very you you get you really get the the personalities of the different players is really much less diluted than when it's a show like uh, of with ten people, which happens kind of more often in uh, in the improv scene in Brussels but uh so we're full with four people and usually we, we invite people with uh, very big personalities and uh, like people uh, we are we really like uh, we try to get uh, uh yeah char very characters ca characters kind of uh, so um yeah, it's about about uh, like kind of finding our way to have fun with the specific person, finding yeah a common ground. Sure, something. and yeah, you that. mentioned that you are pretty frequently performing with new performers, or you know the, that the team isn't the same from from show to show. Is that true? 
Yeah, uh, that depends on the project again. Uh, I have projects where it's a it's a review regular it's company where we are like five or four and we always play together. But the, the this particular project is like the uh, improv wrestling. We could call that uh, catch d'impro in French. So uh, catch is the 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 catch is the what we give a name to wrestling. Right. Um, like a WWF or stuff like that, mm -hmm. but uh, and so there, yeah, it's about like uh, every time we are only three, so there one, there's one who's going to be the master of ceremony, who will like uh, be the MC of the night and uh, uh, say uh, which uh, which which game we're going to play and stuff like that. But uh, the other two can either form a team between themselves. Or uh, each, and when we call someone we know, uh, and we say, "Hey, uh, do you mind coming to play a catch? Uh, find yourself a partner, make up a team, and that." Or either each of us d does that, and we we form two teams, two separate teams. So we usually it's either we invite friends or we invite like people like that we know, and we dig. Oh, th this guy is so good. We should get him to come to to our uh, show and stuff like that. So. It's kind of our wish list of people we want to play with, so uh, it's pretty it's pretty interesting because we really have uh, played with uh, high profiles in the improv in uh, the Brussels improv, uh, uh, yeah, landscape. So yeah, it's uh, this one we really we regularly play with uh, people we don't know, but the other one is more like more secure because we want to have more control over over what we have, what we give out on stage. Uh, so sure, and you're with like an established team. Where um, yeah, if, if you don't mind me asking, because you know mm -hmm. improv is one of the toughest areas of entertainment to participate in because it takes such personal confidence and it takes <laughs> such a quick wit and it takes uh public speaking skills it takes all of these things to be successful mm -hmm. in it where did you develop those skills and that confidence that allows you to do this successfully well, uh... i think uh like uh there was a part of foolhardy foolhardiness like i was like uh, kind of uh, yeah, uh, daredevilness to it. Kind of oh, let's do it. Uh, let's not to think too much about it. But there, there was also um, I remember that like in the beginning, like everybody in improv, I, I sucked like like kind of everybody. But um, it was kind of with the the moments um, we had like we have uh, regular courses. I still have like. Uh, regular uh, workshops uh, where I'm not the one giving the workshop or that I receive the workshop because for me it's really there's something of lear uh, permanent learning and I think it really it boils down to that it's just uh, I, I want to be better and I want to see how I can do better it's really like the the moment when it becomes a, a game to improve uh, there's something of that and basically I'm not really an introvert I'm or rather the uh, the opposite I'm pretty uh, gushing <laughs> right I'd outgoing say. sure uh, yeah very outgoing and I'm pretty loud I guess I would be categorized in loud department and I'm rather the guy who 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 likely stumble go ahead and try it stumble on my way for the first uh, two to three times and with time getting to to refine the thing to go i'm kind of yeah happy-go-lucky type i'd say but with an intention to improve afterwards to work on it 
Sure. And I think that that type of personality lends itself well to comedy in general, not just improv. Uh, maybe. I don't uh, I don't actually. But uh, maybe, yeah, because I, I, actually I, I'm a musician too and I have a music project, which is a duo. Uh, and it is comedy too, actually. Uh, so it's kind of like inspired by Flight of the Concords, if you know yes, them. Yes, I love them. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, well, uh, it's really uh, like a major influence and the, my duo is really uh, majorly influenced by that. But, uh, at least gave me the feeling that, oh, okay, you can do, you can make great music and do and make great jokes in this, at the same time. And it's really about the joking, but about the music too. Like uh, that kind of, uh, yeah. So yeah, there's... That's the feeling of comedy, uh, I guess. Uh, yeah, I think you're right, actually. <laughs> well, <laughs> just thought of, about because it. I I love comedy and I love laughing mm-hmm. and I love making people laugh. And in in that mm-hmm. quest to make mm-hmm. people laugh, yeah. I'm always studying other comedians and other people in entertainment. <laughs> and I find that the people with positive personalities are so much easier to laugh at and laugh with because the fact that they are so friendly, it almost they're almost selling their material to you. And, and, and it's just like, there's a confident face behind what, what, what these people are saying. So, yeah, like I said, I think that that type of personality Mm. is just lends itself well to the world of comedy. And it's funny that you Mm, mentioned music because there's a documentary Mm -hmm. called Dave Chappelle's block party. And it's about the comedian Dave Chappelle. And he put on a Mm -hmm. big concert in this neighborhood in New York. And in between the musical performances, he talks about comedy. And one of the things that he talks about is the commonality between music and comedy. And that a lot of comedians want to be musicians and a lot of musicians want to be comedians. And that there is something in those two forms of entertainment that connect with each other. So it, so it's interesting that you mentioned that you're into music as well mm-hmm. because I feel like those are two, you know, they're in the same realm of existence. They're, you know, they're both, mm-hmm. uh, they have a lot in common. Yeah, yeah, I, I get it. And, and, and fundamentally, when I write music, I have the, the the instinct to go for funny songs, and that's really I don't describe myself. Of, as someone who would have an easy time writing something sincere or first degree, I like my instinct is always to go for something funny or to go for the laugh. So it's kind of a yeah. I I don't know how to say, but it kind of clicks. It makes much yeah. It's very does it makes a lot of sense actually. Do you have siblings? Uh, I have one younger sibling who is like. Uh, uh, even le- a little less than a year and a half younger than me. Okay, oh, see, that's uh, like me. I, I have one sibling who's two yeah. years younger than me. Is your experience like mine in that when you were a child, were you the one that tended to make the family laugh and sort of make everybody feel better? Um, I don't actually know. Uh, I don't think so. The thing is, uh, maybe it's due to my uh, personal background, but I feel like my family was more like it's kind of almost a, a project more than uh, like uh, something very sincere. I don't remember like making everybody laugh a lot, or even my f- my brother either. I don't. Maybe my brother was more snarky when, in our younger years. It's really right. something that I developed uh, developed uh, later. This uh, something I refined. 
I, I, like I feel that way as well. And again, I'm not a I'm not an improviser or a comedian by any mm-hmm. stretch, but I do take great joy in making people laugh. And yeah. I remember that in high school, I felt that this, I felt that part of my personality begin to develop, where all of a sudden I could hear somebody <laughs> say something, and I suddenly know what to say back. And sometimes it's funnier than mm-hmm. the, the first thing the person said. <laughs> and yeah. I, I remember that happening more and more frequently as I got through high school. And I said, holy shit, mm-hmm. this is this is turning was... into something. Uh, this is turning <laughs> into something, you know. It's almost yeah, like noticing well, a rash yeah. on your thigh, you know, and it's getting bigger and <laughs> bigger and bigger. <laughs> right, a good but, rash. But yeah, a good yeah, one. yeah. <laughs> not the one you're worried to speak about. <laughs> no, 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 no. Yeah, no, not the one. Yeah. Not the one I went to the clinic for. No, no, I'm, yeah. that, one's, that one's gone now. I, yeah. I, I, I use my ointment. But, yeah, because actually, like for me, it really came later than that. I feel like I, I have, I, I like, I developed like four years later than everybody else because I kind of did my adolescence crisis around 18 to 20 when I like when I started college actually and I like I didn't study a a shred of text and I was partying all the time so it was kind of a weird period because it was like the first time I didn't have my parents around because my parents uh, still live in Morocco but I lived I used to live in Morocco and I came to study in Belgium and like it's kind of like it was a kind of an eye-opener like oh shit social life exists wow so it was like I I I I OD'd on the social life like I guess for two years and then I started improv by by accident I think like really improv for me was really uh, uh, fundamental in my like the 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 it was like kind of the finishing touch to my to me as a human human being before that time was i was really awkward i was really didn't feel like belonging somewhere and when i started improv started improv like really at some point like it it clicked it was like oh, okay now it makes sense so so it's really uh, even later than uh, high school uh, i was re- really a very awkward high schooler and even young freshman in college so it's really later that i finally like became someone who kind of yeah uh, in french uh i i i am uh, i used to say that i went to uh gros boulet to gros lourd which is kind of the same declination of the same thing like kind i went to ve- from very very awkward to uh purposefully lame kind of like, okay. I know I'm. I know I'm kind of lame and maybe annoying, but uh, I, 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 I know I am, and I know I do it on purpose, and I know how I do it and why I do it, kind of without being without without being harassing anybody. Uh, I precise, but <laughs> sure. But that's the difference. I feel like that mm-hmm. there's you know the yeah. difference between being awkward and being generally lame is that. You know, there's a sense of pride there. You know what you're doing. You know that that's part of who you are, and you're not ashamed yeah, of it. I think you that's great. Campy, yeah, yeah, yeah it's kind of absolutely. Camp. It's like it, camp. It's it is camp. Yes, it's camp. Absolutely. <laughs> I love surrounding myself with people who know how to not take themselves seriously and know how yeah, yeah. to how to be lame on purpose. That's great. It's a, yeah, it's really a part, a defining defining part of my. Uh, uh, of how I see things. If you're, if someone is not capable of not looking uh, with a der- derisive eye at, at themselves, uh, it's kind of complicated because it it means that they're not very, really okay with how they look or how they. Uh, it's kind of a. I, I feel like it's, 
it's a, uh, it would be a very uh, aggressive way to assert uh, respect because it's kind of I don't need to prove that I'm serious because I know uh, uh, intrinsically intrinsically I know I am I don't have to prove it and I know I, I I can be it if I decide to but I decide not to be <laughs> and you know and for a person to take themselves so seriously is to neglect the fact that the world will do with you whatever it wants to do with you yeah. fate fate is yeah. in the air all around us and that's sort yeah. of what i meant when i talked about the rules of improv and how important they are to just regular mm -hmm. everyday life um you know because you learn yes and in improv you learn to agree yeah. with whatever's happening on the stage and my wife and i you know my wife introduced me to those rules and i just mm -hmm. even if she's not performing actively right now which she's not those rules help us so much in our daily yeah, life yeah. when things happen that are unpredictable or sad Mm -hmm. or unexpected and all you can do is shake is nod your head and agree and and just agree with whatever's happening on the stage and go along with it it helped mm -hmm. us through so many jobs it helped us when her father passed away last year yeah it, it's it's just so it those rules are so important and i'm so grateful mm -hmm. that she taught me those it, it, i mean improv is just so important yeah I, I, honestly i i do think that and i i know like it's Uh, in France, it had kind of a buzz at some point because the like uh, uh, major figures in comedy had do had done improv in their early years, so it was kind of like they were starting to realize that improv is a very good civic and social tool, like to, to learn sociability, to to learn that, yeah. Uh, Absolutely. And there's even an element and, yeah. of mindfulness surrounding it mm -hmm, where mm -hmm, you have mm -hmm, to be mindful precise. of the people near Easy. you and yeah. the space around you. Do you ever meditate to prepare for like to prepare uh, to perform or do you meditate yeah. in general? Um, in general, no, although I should. <laughs> I think I would sleep much sounder uh, if, <laughs> if I meditated. But I know like I, before some shows, I, I, I can occasionally uh, get into some sort of a uh, meditative state but the thing is you need to have a little privacy for that or a little space and time which is not always the case before a, an improv show especially when there's 10 person uh, trying to find the same thing very same thing but yeah i, I realize that sometimes i i can walk up to the stage and i'm ab absurdly calm uh and i was like whoa This is not usual, <laughs> but that's pretty cool, though. <laughs> I agree with you in that you do need quiet and and a little bit of like a like a like a silent area and and some space to yourself. I think mm. you need that to start. I've been meditating for a few years, and I'm at the mm. point where I can close my eyes just about anywhere I am for five minutes mm. and get some meditation in and meditation, you know, the term sounds spiritual and sounds yeah, like yeah. a sacred thing, but it's not always that way. Sometimes it's a matter like, in, you know, in my life, sometimes it's a matter of taking an extra few minutes in the car before I get out of the car and just closing my eyes and having this moment to myself. And it calms, mm -hmm. it calms my soul. And it also makes me feel accomplished. It makes me feel like I am worth claiming this time for myself nobody yeah. can take this yeah, away yeah. from me yeah i kind of uh, like uh, as someone who doesn't practice it but i'm uh, i i really uh, uh contemplating starting to do it um but um there's something like kind of a uh, self-filtering your own your own thought process 
kind of like you're used to like sifting the the thing that are too much and yeah kind of there's a, a, a something of purifying your own thought process or learning to to flow with it i don't i don't really i'm not there yet to to actually say but that's how i picture it kind of yeah i mean <laughs> yes. Isham, from a person to another person, it is so worth it to give it a try. I remember yeah, talking I know. to somebody. I've, I've been hearing this a lot. It, re lately. it, it really is. <laughs> Especially I, since I work at. Um, <laughs> I, I'm, I'm out of work right now, but I typically work at at hotels, and I meet a lot of people. I, I work at the front desk, so I meet a lot of people. Mm -hmm. And one of the people that I met, she uh, was a she was a sex therapist, but she also. Uh, specialized in meditation and one of the things she taught me was mm -hmm. a good way to meditate is you close your eyes and you know how your eyeballs naturally sort of dart from place to place when you're reading or when you're looking at something mm -hmm. and the the initial thrust into meditation is as simple as closing your eyes and stopping your eyeballs from moving just stare at the inside of your eyelids and just stop them from moving. And once you've done that, once you feel your eyeballs stop moving, you are now in that space where you can effectively meditate. Mm -hmm. And it's as, mm -hmm. it's as simple as that to start. Yeah. I mean, no pressure, you know, but, no, no, but I'm no telling worry. you, it's worth it. I'm I'm on I'm, I'm I am like for like for two months I've been on the brink of starting to meditate because I know I'm not sleeping very well and I'm kind of. I'm very high energy, so sometimes it's too much energy. So. Oh yeah! Oh, listen, yeah. I, Hisham, that is that that has been most of my life. I have always been I've always been high energy and the, ADHD too. I, not, 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 I mean, not officially, not but sometimes it feels like yeah. it. Same, you know, well, yeah, I, same here. I just I I think of my high school years and I think of when I started forming this idea of what I wanted to be um, in terms of personality, in terms of career. Like I always wanted to be an actor. I was in all the plays in high school. Mm -hmm. And I think about those years, and one of the things that characterizes that period of time for me is I did not know when to stop. <laughs> it, it, it's, it's great to know. It's great to always feel like you have the right thing to say. But once it crosses that line and it becomes, this guy will not shut the fuck up. It, that, that I, I never want to be that again. So I'm always very mindful of, like, am I talking too much? Am I saying the wrong thing? You know? Yeah, I, I can get that I, I'm, I'm i'm kind of the the kind of people person who can like if if other people don't take their their space i'm i might be accidentally taking all the the space that i yeah. have to be very mindful of that like in improv i managed i managed really well to uh to uh to manage that like i learned to to do that in, in, on stage right now it's more like in interperson dis discussions or uh, inside of my project when we, we do reunions or uh, we have to t talk about stuff i have to but yeah exactly like you said learn to shut the fuck up and let the others speak it's yeah, kind of like I, I learned I, like a, yeah. yes i learned very early <laughs> on that i am a i am a stage hog and if you give me if you give me the space <laughs> on stage i will take all of it and i i i, I need to i i consciously try to not do that <laughs> but I, no, but yes. um, I just uh, I, yeah. I, I'm, I don't I'm know. working it's, on it's this. Just part of a, exactly, <laughs> I'm a recovering stageaholic. <laughs> yep, yeah. a speakaholic. Yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> in Belgium, who are the role models in comedy? Are there any uh, 
uniquely um, Belgian comedy acts that people try to be like? Uh, depends on which generation you have a very uh, there's a really a, a huge gap in, in generation because there's a, uh, uh, yeah before center, certain point you don't see stand up in, uh, in French speaking comedy and generally speaking you have like uh, the thing is a French speaking world it is not that big so usually people who are famous in France are famous, famous in Belgium not the other way around though because uh, like you have a big uh, big comedy acts like or at some point uh, in the past i'm not saying it's all still the case but gadel male which i think in the usa and uh, in america in general is not very uh, seen with a good eye because um, he copied a lot of sketches from other artists um, he's he was a major major figure and there's a lot of comedy, but it's, uh, it used to be based on characters and, uh, uh, yeah, it was character-based comedy and now really turned around to stand-up comedy a lot. And there's, uh, in Belgium, there's a, a guy who's called Guillermo Guise, which, uh, which is like youngish, like late 30s, like for an artist or for a career, it's not that old. Um, and he uh, he's incarn the incarnation of a, a younger generation of a, a comedian who's who does stand up comedy, and he said he does it very well. Actually, I'm not very fond of stand up comedy. I think it's really relying on tropes and stere stereotypes, and it's really not a flattering eye on on the humankind. Uh, usually, when it's about stand up comedy. But uh, he does it with a uh, yeah, with a uh, yeah. His values are really transparent in what he in what he plays, and uh, it's very yeah, very smart, very conscious about yeah what he can uh, what he can give out as values as dynamics, and yeah, it's very very great. This guy Guillermo Guise is very very good in my opinion, but it's. It's uh, once again it's stand up, and before that you have to. I think in my in my feel and from what I feel and for a big a big acts, you have to go way back and like to people who are now fifty or sixty. You have a huge gap in generation between those who were before stand up comedy and those after. So uh, and I. I know that all. I I don't really know Belgian acts that much of the older ones. Newer ones I kind of do, but older ones not that much actually. So it sounds like I'm trying to think of how to say this, but mm. you know, in America in the 1970s and 1980s, there began this new wave of comedian, and it went from um, sort of hack hack kind of jokes like you said relying on tropes and relying on overused sort of stereotypes and material and this concept of observational comedy became mm -hmm. really popular in the 70s and 80s when it's you know have you ever noticed that you know when you put your pants on you have a little pocket in your big yeah. pocket like what's that about and that became like the model for comedy for you know decades to come and yeah, it yeah. sounds like like Belgium is sort of in the midst of that new school of comedian coming Actually, up and replacing the, the old guard. Uh, yeah, it's kind of the the whole French speaking uh, comedy comedy world that does has that same pace. Kind of, it's really it's kind of the same. Like 
in terms of art, usually France is the bigger brothers, and if you do well in Belgium, you gotta have you gotta try to do to to do it in to to do in France because it's the same language, but it's really not the same network. If you have to tour Belgium, especially in, in French speaking, you have you have what like uh, four major cities, or it's a Pretty small country, so if you do a tour, it's kind of how long it lasts. It lasts lasts a week, <laughs> and it's over. Right, Whereas right, right. France is like ten uh, times as big as us. So if you do a, a tour, and you like, you can really tour for weeks at, at a time. So it's kind of a uh, you have you you kind of forced if you really do want to have a big career to to make it in France. So that's well, kind of that sounds very like weird. In- yeah, well, in America, I mean, you could either make it in New York City or Los Angeles or Hollywood, and you know, there's <laughs> there's a bit of a, a of a comedy scene in Chicago. There's a bit of yeah. a comedy scene in, uh, I think that's it. Chicago is pretty like Philadelphia, you know. But mm. even Chicago and Philadelphia eventually lead to New York or Los Angeles. That's just where you yeah, go yeah. to become to become yeah, a famous the, comedian. Yeah, that's a, the metro, artistic metropoles of, of the, the country. Exactly. Yeah. Are do you produce a lot of material for YouTube? I noticed um, that YouTube seems to be very important for comedians coming up today. They have to have a YouTube presence or a Twitter presence. Um, on YouTube, like my uh, my music acts, uh, we used to do v- videos on YouTube. Uh, at some point in our when we just started, we we started uh, like doing our, our our songs in video form, very simple. We like we we filmed with my phone and we had basic, very basic lighting, very basic, uh, yeah. To, <clears throat> but uh, we kind of uh, f- fell out of habit of doing that, which uh, personally I miss it because I I thought it was really something not very difficult to to put in place. But very fulfilling to have you some content to produce and that people could see at any given time. Uh, but like for the last two years, we we were very focused on playing live actually and our Instagram presence uh, more. But it's not really my thing. I'm not very a socialite on network uh, social networks. It's more like my partner who is very much more uh, keen to Instagram how Instagram works and who kind of launched that but we're more uh, about like our uh, yeah our live acts for the moment but we're planning on like yeah g- having more content for people to to fall back to when we cannot play absolutely it's great to have a body of work that you can refer yeah. to. Yeah, yeah, yeah And that's exactly. one of the things that I'm most proud of in terms of this podcast. And I've mentioned it a couple of times to other people that I've talked to. But I'm proud of myself for having made a schedule for myself and disciplined myself enough to stay to it so that <laughs> every every week I have an episode. Yeah, yeah. Like I'm, 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 I'm yeah. living the dream. I'm, I'm, I, I have a show, you know? <laughs> yeah. That, that's kind of what's hard with improv. That's um, basically, usually, it's kind of the thing that is very uh, ethereal. Because if you're not, if you you haven't come to the to the the show, it doesn't exist. Kind of, yeah. It's oh yeah, very, exactly. Like, it's very in the moment. Come, yeah. Yes. Yes. Yeah, and even sometimes you can film improv, but it's not always so great when it's filmed. Actually. Whereas compared to the live thing, 
that's kind of what uh, made the, in my opinion, uh, whose line is it anyway? Pretty special because it was like, yo, whoa, improv can be like staged and um, and uh, and filmed and still do great. Uh, and the, absolutely, that doesn't like, happen um, very often. But, improv is very hard, like yeah, you said. Yeah. Improv is very hard to film because part of what makes improv exciting for an audience is that spark of excitement that it's being created right in front of us. Yeah, you know, and anybody so it's like have, anybody can yeah. buy guacamole, but you know, you can have it made by your table too. That's <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the thing like. I have trouble uh, seeing how a guy who would be filming like the guy who speaks, the main guy who speaks in the scene. At some point, a guy like jumps out from the other side of the scene to, to say something like that's brilliant at the moment. But the, the guy who f was filming the other guy, he, he cannot have caught the, the, the new thing entering. It's kind of like the, 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 the it's too, uh, too, uh, I, I don't know. The, the technicality seems like difficult to, to, capture the technicality of improv the technicality of capturing improv might be too difficult in if you don't have like a huge budget <laughs> with a absolutely with a four right it takes and, uh, yeah. yes it it takes a lot of money to simulate that experience yeah and i think it, you it's so and to to for someone to throw that much money at, at an improv show to capture it it better be good and so it's kind of like how at some what which point approach producer would think okay i don't the, even the actors don't know what they're going to do uh, how can i safely invest in that shit so it's kind of uh, one of the conundrums of uh, doing improv and in belgium in the french-speaking world that's kind of one of the conundrums to get uh, programmed your show in a regular theater because uh, i have troops we we don't we don't even uh, define ourselves as, as improv uh, companies anymore because Uh, I know it's de detrimental for us to to advertise the fact that it's improv. So we 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 talk about sponta spontaneous theater or instant theater or something something like that. Because if you have a programmer from a from a, 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 a cultural center that comes at your show uh, or receive a mail from you and he says improv, why why would I do improv? They don't even know what they're playing. I'm not. I don't know what is going to be the content of the show. So why would I uh, hire them and pay uh, 2,000 euros for, to hire them? So it's kind of one of the, uh, the difficulties of uh, that improv has as a, an art form to, that tries to professionalize. So it's really a very intricate <laughs> subject. <laughs> it sounds like it. I'm, 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 yeah. st I'm still amazed by all of the all of the politics in place. It's, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. It's, it's unbelievable. But, uh, the thing is, uh, uh, the, whenever you try to involve money in it, whether it's even if it's just to live from it, but it's going to involve politics because you have you have to you need people who will be able to give you that money to pay you that money, or it's or you have to find venues to book to have people to come. But the thing is, uh, you have to uh, you have to be assured that there's going to be people enough people so, so that you you earn so it's really a difficult like in general art is difficult to to have to do something and have it to be uh earn something from it but uh, i feel like improv is especially difficult because it's sure like it had this reputation uh to be like uh it might be it might suck guys no but the thing we know as improvisers it don't, it, it won't suck if you have good improvisers. 
So, so that's absolutely. kind of a, yeah. absolutely. And also, you know, the idea that if you're having fun, the audience will have fun. The audience can pick up on the fun mm. that you're having, and fun is contagious, especially when fun is being had on stage. It's mm. fun to watch people enjoy themselves yeah, doing yeah. what they do. So, you know, that 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 I feel like is useful as well. And you know, it takes a lot of work to get to that point where you can be relied on to create content spontaneously. Mm-hmm. You know, when you've talked about uh, it takes a lot of money to have somebody come out with all their cameras and all their lights and film mm-hmm. your show. It also takes a lot of work to get to that point where somebody sees you as worthy of that. And it takes yeah, yeah. a lot of pushing through. And this maybe comes from personal experience as somebody who's doing something creative and doesn't always feel like it's it's reaching the people he wants it to reach. It takes a lot of pushing through those feelings of nobody's watching this shit. Nobody thinks yeah. this is funny. <laughs> yeah. What, am I, what yeah. the fuck am I doing? And yeah, like, yeah. It, how often do you have those thoughts? Um, depends on the times and depends. Uh, depends. Like, uh, my, my music act, sometimes it's kind of like, wow, what the fuck? What, what, we're, what we do is so good and uh, nobody comes at our... Fu- uh, and it's so hard to get booked at a show. So it's kind of... Uh, disheartening sometimes but um and it's kind of weird because improv is kind of uh, its own bubble and uh, it's it's a very niche but um i don't know man <laughs> it's kind of a hard it's a difficult topic because uh, it is isn't it because it's, it's just it, it's put, I, have, I don't have push, a, yeah yeah because i have a, i don't have a lot of projects that are uh, that i describe as professional projects that i have for a long time, like, like my oldest project as of day as up to date is like the the wrestling improv thing, and it's like the the bar in which we play. We like we cram it full every every time we play. So it's kind of it's not bad, but it kind of when you think about it, it's like sixty per people uh, once once a month. So it's not that much, but it's already something. But it's not that much, and we don't like if, when I play. I earned fifty euros for that night. It's it's shit. If I'm def- define myself as a professional, it's really not much for a, an hour and a half of work as a as on stage plus all my background as a, the professional improviser. It's not a lot of money. So it's kind of like there's this discrepancy like, okay, I had a lot of pleasure and I got a lot of love from the the audience. But at the the same time, it's not enough because love is good. Love love is very great, but it's kind of... Yeah, you can't pay your bills with love. It doesn't pay the fucking bills, yeah. (laughs) Right, exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Fuck all that love. um, Give me some fucking euros. Holy shit. (laughs) Yeah, there's this point where you you see, am I... did I have I become a sellout? Have I become an asshole? Uh, yeah, <laughs> kind of right, something exactly. like that. But not, yeah, you wonder much, if if you're pursuing the right goal. Yeah, because yeah, but, yeah. You know, but at the end of the day, I mean, who doesn't need money? Everybody has bills. Yeah. Everybody has a car and a yeah. cell phone, and, mm-hmm. and and needs to pay for food. So no, yeah. I'm mean, of the course you're is, not I, a sellout. I, I, yeah, I I could. The thing is, I could have had a more more comfortable life before I had a uh, I had a job job before. Uh, part time, and I was doing a proper beside it. But I just knew that if I wanted to my project to get bigger and better, I had to have more time and be more available uh, mentally and physically for that. And so it's kind of a, a, a 
yeah it's like th that's what being an artist is about it's like struggling to even make uh the bare minimum with something you 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 throw a lot of your person person in like everything that's personal with art is by definition personal so it's kind of a It's going to be very hurtful for the ego sometimes. <laughs> oh, absolutely. Well, it's a delicate it's a delicate balance. It's a delicate balance of 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 creative intent and money because once mm -hmm. money becomes too heavy, the creative intent falls into question, but to put yeah. so much creative intent into something and for there to be no money is very uh discouraging but yeah, i also feel of my like life <laughs> yes we're in the same lot of creativity we're in this we're in the same boat yeah but exactly. i also i have confidence and you know again personal experience but i think it, it could be extended to any creative situation as well once you break through that wall and once you start creating for the sake of creating rather than the sake of what you're making or who's watching it once you do that oh, yeah, yeah, and yeah. you put out content regularly that's the promised land that is where yeah, yeah. You, you you can go anywhere from there and as long yeah, as well, you're putting content out Mm -hmm. That's kind of what we wanted to do with the podcast. It was not something that we did. Oh, we need. Uh, uh, there's a uh, we. If we do a podcast, we're gonna get a lot of people. It was like just I. I. I was told, uh, telling myself like, yeah, well, a radio improv could be so funny because you can you can have it's a whole other medium to to play improv on, and it's like we 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 started it like right before right after the the start of the the quarantine in belgium which is like mid march and uh, from there we like we 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 did we did uh, an episode a week for uh, three months so until end of june so it's kind of like we were very very regular it's not that much work but it's work it's work especially since i'm the one doing the editing but but it's not that heavy and it's very fulfilling actually we don't have a lot of people who listen to our part so we have like 50 people per 50 uh, views per week so 50 listening per week so it's not a lot but uh it's so fun because we're discovering another way to an, an whole other other way to to do improv it's very very fun and i that's we great were, that's a, that's a were, personal uh, achievement i would be very proud of that if yeah, i were yeah. you I, I am kind of the thing is it's kind of i'm 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 wary that i'm time okay i'm kind of like okay well 50 is is nice but it's not that crazy like <laughs> right so uh right, right. so uh, it's more like a prudent approach to to not get too excited about it <laughs> i'm having a lot of fun but i'm not expecting too much too soon because I, i don't want it to be like to 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 have my expectation I, i prefer like to have a good surprise than a bad one <laughs> exactly it will happen when you least expect it that's just how that yeah, kind of maybe, thing works yeah. hey john i uh ask everybody this question i've talked to mm -hmm. people from all over the world at this point yeah. and i always ask everybody you know because participating in this podcast was a choice you had a choice to mm -hmm. fill out the form and 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 give yeah. me information about yourself what made you say yes what made you want to participate um I think I uh, it's uh, it's something of a, like uh, uh, how to answer. It's kind of uh, there's a lot of reason that I haven't like thought about. But there's a thing about internet culture that, uh, without getting forcefully to get in touch 
puts people you you come in contact with people from wherever kind of like in uh, you uh, comment section comment section of a youtube video video or on a forum um it's kind of pretty fascinating the fact that you can like half meet people that you never know that you wouldn't have any chance to meet or know or interact with in real life it was kind of this aspect like for someone to um, go out or out of their way to actually meet strangers like that i, I found that pretty fascinating because uh, i think like people are pretty interesting i'm kind of an i'm, I'm kind of a people yeah uh, i don't know how to say that but like i like people basically there are people who are who are kind of misanthropes like who don't much like people i like people and i you're like, a people person uh, sure people, i guess yeah so it's kind of like wow it's a whole new way to meet people like so randomly and like it's about that and i think i uh, i when i filled the form i said something about meeting the fact that uh, meeting it uh, can be a fundamental uh, value in improv, and I think it's very something that sticks with me. That meeting is something very magical because you have to find a common grounds of subjects or values to to share with the other people. And I think it's very, kind of yeah something like that. It's really about the the fact of meeting uh, people you wouldn't have had any chance to meet, and that. Uh, for once, it's not an accident that you speak to someone, that you, you have uh, someone, yeah, you decided to go out and uh, look for an interaction. I think that's something about that. that uh, I think that's what, um, yeah, uh, seduced me in this podcast. Sure. That's wonderful. <laughs> and I agree with you. You're just meeting somebody, even if it's just voice to voice the way we are mm -hmm. now, meeting somebody just has so much potential uh, for learning, you can learn so much just from yeah. meeting somebody for, you know, an hour, you know, and, 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 and that was one of the things that I set out to do. I, you know, I, I, I I'm, I'm a people person as well. I just wanted to talk to people. I just wanted to have conversations <laughs> and learn about people from all over the world. And that's what I'm doing now. And yeah, well, uh, it's, kudos it's, is very good. Uh, good. If it's very, uh, uh, admirable endeavor. <laughs> I, I, I appreciate these job. Thank you very much. Um, you're very welcome. I am so glad to have had you on the show. Good luck with your improv, all uh, your uh, art in general. Thank you. Um, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely glad we're not strangers anymore. <laughs> yeah, well, same here. And uh, good luck with the podcast. Thank really? you so much. I, I, I will be in touch, and uh, I will let you know mm. as, as soon as this goes I got to say I bragged about this uh, uh, to my friends. Like, I'm going getting interviewed in a podcast. <laughs> oh, look at you. So fancy. Uh, the, a guy I, didn't, I don't know. Yeah, kind of like uh, kind of a guy who I never met who wants to talk with me. Like, oh, <laughs> uh, you know, no big deal. Just some guy yeah, from America. I usually don't, to, you know? don't say that I, I'm the one who requested to be invited. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> That's wonderful. I hope it lived up to all of your expectations, Hisham. It was really nice, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Thank you so much, and I will be talking with you soon. I, it was a pleasure meeting you. Great. Okay, but well, uh, all right. Bye, then. I don't know. I don't know. Is it whether that's it or not? I didn't know. I, I thought it was. No, like no, that's the... it. Hey, we got okay. a good. We, we got a good solid hour. That's fantastic. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. Mission accomplished. Okay. Yeah, mission accomplished. 
Thanks, man. All right, Chubb. <laughs> All right, have a good night. Bye bye. Bye. Stranger Than Christian was produced, recorded, and edited by me, Christian Carrion, here in beautiful downtown Lancaster City, Pennsylvania. For more information on the show, to listen to past episodes, or to send me an email, visit StrangerThanChristian.com. Thank you so much for listening. Tune in next time to another episode of Stranger Than Christian. Bye-bye. with Trash Comedy is the podcast where we trade sweet, sweet facts like they're dirty little pieces of gossip. We're a New York-based comedy team and we're joined each week with a funny, delightful friend. After each person shares their facts, we rate those facts from, oh my god, that's not hot, that's as cold as the coldest ice you've ever seen, to, oh my god, that's so spicy, my mouth is gone. So if that made sense to you, then please join us on Mondays, wherever you get your podcasts. Because this virus attacks the lungs. It's never more infuriating when you realize that your life has a price tag on it. The truth of the matter is we are in the middle of an apocalypse. There's no leadership. I went from being an ER nurse to you're a healthcare hero. I feel like a sham. Apocalypse Now is a podcast that asks if we are living at the beginning of the end. I'm Joanna Van Thine. Join me every week as I talk with interesting people and decide if we're all doomed. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.